0: On this week's episode, are we about to roll snake eyes at the box office? The video game sports battle is about to begin. And what to look for at Comic-Con at home this weekend. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse.
1: Don't be alarmed
0: This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos or a PCC multiverse without my good friend. It's our own Castle PCC of the Twitter and Instagram. You got to catch what he's doing today at Castle PCC with a K on Twitter and Instagram. It's our own M. Night Shyamalan. It is Marcus De La Garza. And Marcus, great to have you back on the program once again.
2: Great to be back, Gerald. Always a big thank you to the Pop Culture Cosmos family for having me back. But I think we got some really fun things to talk about today, especially one of my favorite topics. And I'll wait for us to get there. But Ted Lasso, Season 2, coming around the corner, folks. I just finished my rewatch of Season 1 this weekend, and I'm ready to go. I'm just roaring. I'm looking forward to the great Roy Kent and that whole storyline. And I might even tweet my episode on Friday when it comes out.
0: We'll see what happens, but it is Ted Lasso coming out this weekend. We'll talk more about that here in a couple minutes. We'll also be talking about He-Man and Netflix. Not just about He-Man Revelations, that's also coming this weekend to Netflix, but also Netflix recently reported some numbers and some interesting news compounding on something that we reported on last week in regards to their future in gaming. So we'll talk about that coming up on the show as well. Plus, are you ready for a little football? As far as soccer in the U.S., but football around the world, video game style. There's a heavy battle every year between FIFA and PES, Pro Evolution Soccer. But it's a little bit different this year, and it will be going forward. And we'll talk about that battle for this year coming up later on the program. Plus also as well, we're rolling some snake eyes here in Vegas. And maybe Marcus is as well in Florida. Because Snake Eyes is also heading to the theaters this weekend. It's had a lot of presence out there promotional-wise. We'll see how it fares against Black Widow. We'll see how it fares against LeBron James and Space Jam. And also, is it time for us to get old? We'll also talk about the old movie from M. Night Shyamalan. We'll talk about if there's a twist or if there's a twist in the twist. So we'll talk about if there's a twist and if that's a twist in and of itself. Coming up on the program as well. Plus, Comic-Con at home is coming to your home this weekend. We'll talk about what things to look forward to this weekend at Comic-Con at home. But first, my friend, it is your choice. And I know you what you wanted to choose to talk about first. And that is Ted Lasso, season two. The award winning already. It's already won a lot of stuff that's going around, and obviously it's been garnering some great praise and a lot of people are enjoying it already season one has just overwhelmed a lot of people it's become i believe apple's best showing on their new apple plus platform but emmy nominations left and right for ted lasso it's just been an incredible ride for you i guess i'm one of the few that really didn't get as much out of it as a lot of other people but again i'm happy for everyone that did and I'm going to be on the wrong side this time because of the heaping praise and popularity that it has, seeing how popular it's become all around the world. So your thoughts on Ted Lasso season two, you already hinted to everybody about your plans this weekend forward, but your hopes on the involvement of characters within the confines of Ted Lasso season two.
2: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, the storylines that we continue on and the development of those characters. You know, Jason Sudeikis in the last episode of the first season, spoiler alert, reveals that he himself is running from whatever problems he's amassed in the States. And, you know, that his problem is his divorce. And 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 so you've come to find out that as much as the characters he's working with and, and dealing with on a daily basis are growing and, and uh, evolving themselves, he also is growing and, and evolving. So, you know, that for me, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what season two brings. Ted Lasso himself, Jason Sudeikis' his character. And then you also have Brendan Hunt, who plays Coach Beard, in the show, and you know, towards the end of the season, and I during the rewatch, I really noticed this it's, it's like we further developed Beard finally in the last two or three episodes and gave him his own personality. So, I'm really looking forward to seeing what we do with Beard and his potential for suitors. We see at the end of the first season that he's really in love with chess and playing chess with his potential suitors. So, you know, really looking forward to seeing what Beard does. He brings a lot of grounding effect for Ted at times. That's definitely something that's needed, you know, as, as much as we all enjoy the endless ferocity that is Ted Lasso's optimism, it at times is unbearing. And so, you know, Coach Beard's there to kind of put him in his place at times. So, you know, as much as I do enjoy Ted for all the endless a- optimism, there are times where you kind of need to make sure the storyline stays in place and you do so by checking somebody's energy there. So, and then last but not least, looking forward to the, just the, the players themselves, you know, our family uh, took a, a liking to Danny Rojas, the character. Our listeners out there might know the Danny Rojas, Danny Rojas call. Looking forward to Danny Rojas, see what he does with the rest of the season, or actually with that character, period. I mentioned him during the intro, Roy Kent's character. The actor was actually part of the writer's staff, and he was complaining that nobody was really portraying the Roy Kent that he wanted, that they wanted, and they finally told him, hey man, it's you. You've got to play this character. So really interesting storyline there from season one. Definitely a fan favorite when it comes to some of the characters on the show itself. Looking at Roy Kent and the Keeley storyline, this is going to be a fun season two, Gerald. I'm really hoping that it rises above what season one was, but I also want to be realistic and say that that might be one of my favorite first seasons of any TV show in all of TV history.
0: Well, that's great, my friend. I'm glad you enjoyed it. A lot of other people did as well. I mean, it's earned, like I said, several Emmy nominations. It's earned awards already, critical wise, for the year of 2020 as far as being one of the best shows that are out there, period, whether it's comedy or drama. Kind of dramedy, but more like a little bit offshoot of that. It's more leaning towards the comedy side of things. People really have to go ahead and take it with a grain of salt. But there's a lot of people out there enjoying it. I think a lot of people out there are talking about you know their anticipation for season 2. It has become far and away Apple Plus's premier show, premier series, and it wasn't starting off that way. I remember the morning show with Jennifer Aston and Steve Carell. That show really got a lot of people supposedly interested in it, but it didn't continue. The quality of the show was okay at best. A lot of people just really didn't get into it as much as what they're seeing. But Ted Lasso, I don't want to say it saved Apple Plus, but it's helped garner a spotlight on Apple Plus that may have not been there because I know you and I have criticized Apple Plus in the past in regards to its lack of content that they were producing. And this is one of the saving graces. I mean, Ted Lasso was kind of like an afterthought when they put out the original shows that they were developing for Apple Plus. Again, they were talking about the morning show. They were talking about Jason Momoa's C, which, again, got a season two. But I don't see coming season two for the morning show for Ted Lasso for C. I don't see when you put all those head to head to head, the same kind of enthusiasm. Ted Lasso just really is just far and away the show that people want to see on Apple Plus.
2: Yeah, it really is. We recently finished Mythic Quest Season 2 on Apple+. Plus.
0: That's another one that was kind of put on the back burner, and now people have kind of... It, it's not reached the grand acclaim right. yep. that Ted Lasso has, but it's still a sneaky good hit, I think, for Apple+. Plus.
2: I think Mythic Quest is a little bit of a cult, a cult following. Cult there. classic, yeah. Yeah, cult classic there. So yeah, it's got Rob McElhenney from Always Sunny in Philadelphia... I think it's hilarious. It feels like a natural extension of some of the humor that you get in Always Sunny, but uh, obviously a lot more refined. So I I really enjoyed watching season two of that. And it's obvious that they're not doing a season three. So unfortunate. But hey, they did go out on a high for me personally. I'm hoping that Ted Lasso does reach that same high and continues for a season three because I I don't foresee this storyline really slowing down. Hannah Waddingham, she plays Rebecca on the show. She's the owner of the team, and I feel kind of bad missing her because outstanding character in season one. And I think the development that she showed at the last two episodes of becoming more of a friendly face and just a friendly storyline. I think it's going to be great for season two. But yeah, Gerald, you're right. There's not a lot saving Apple Plus right now other than Ted Lasso Mythic Quest, which is now done. It feels like Central Park has announced a season three I'm not sure I'll watch it. We haven't even watched season two in its entirety yet. It just can't keep my attention. And last but not least, yeah, Morning Show. Interesting watch. I I did enjoy watching it, but yeah.
0: That was the one that Apple Plus pushed to the forefront. And that was the one that was pushed under all the awards and all the acclaim. And it had the big high-profile cast. And here comes this (laughs) American-British hybrid comedy called Ted Lasso on the side that seems to have garnered everybody's interest and to me i think that now that's at the forefront of what apple plus is trying to promote and produce i think the morning show is a nice little kicker for those fans that enjoy it but i certainly don't hear the kind of acclaim the kind of retention and the kind of social media buzz that ted lasso is getting for its upcoming season two
2: Here's a little bit of a theory I've got that, you know, I've been thinking through about the last week. I think Apple Plus kind of stuck in this weird spot between marketing towards the 56 year old crowd and the people that are more in that late 20s, early 30s, young professional crowd. It feels like we're stuck with the morning show versus Ted Lasso. And there's not a lot of crossover between the two crowds at times. Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus, whatever you want to call it. We need to find a focus and really go after it. I think Ted Lasso might be your, your safety net there.
0: Well, we'll see what happens in season two of Ted Lasso. I mean, hoping you can share some thoughts on Ted Lasso when it wraps up on season two, maybe you'll be able to go ahead and let us know on either the Monday show or the Friday show, but anytime you're welcome to go ahead and tell us on Ted Lasso, because you're the Ted Lasso fan around here. So
2: definitely try, man.
0: you were the one that was behind it from day one. Again, for me, even though i don't appreciate it as much as i should maybe or as much as i would like to i still recognize the overwhelming popularity of that show worldwide and how it resonates with the with the audience out there and anyone who like me initially passed it off and like eh, has to realize that you know what overwhelmingly they are right and you are wrong so to me right now it's like i said it's i understand it's a matter of taste but, you know, when there's so much of a critical praise for it, when there's so, so much of an audience praise for it, right. yeah, I got to say I'm wrong, man. I'll say it when I when I need to, man, right now. And I think I I'm think wrong. wrong. You, I
2: no, I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head there. It comes down to taste. It's not your taste of dramedy or comedy, whatever you want. Like, we want to bill it as, <laughs> as the days go by. But... I know a lot of people it didn't resonate with, so don't feel alone out there if you don't Well, there's with. a
0: lot of people that it did resonate with, and I know that Apple Plus is putting a lot of money in the marketing, finally, for Ted Lasso. It snuck up on a lot of people as a premier hit for that streaming channel, so I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on Ted Lasso Season 2, if you can go ahead and provide it at any given point in time. I'm there but- for it. But what are your thoughts out there on Ted Lasso season two? We would love to hear your thoughts on the future of this character and the whole series. And if you think it is the premiere show right now on Apple TV, please let us know your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com.
1: Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos podcast. Big on America. Hey guys, this is Jason Dutch with Digging America Podcast and I'm here with Big Hops. And I'm also here with
0: Well, my friend, there's so much more to talk about on today's program. (laughs) He-Man, He-Man, He-Man has returned with He-Man Revelations, the Kevin Smith spectacle, the animated series that's now going to appear this weekend on Netflix. And we'll talk about Netflix in a second because they shared their numbers and some interesting little tidbits on that, but... And I think I was on with you when I, when I talked about the trailer because you actually broke me down. Come on, Gerald, share your thoughts. Share yeah, your thoughts. Yeah, I,
2: I did. I did, I did. Yeah. I remember
0: I did. when we were, you know, I was going to therapy right here on the show a couple weeks back, and you told me yeah. to get on the couch, and you were just like answering, you know, like you were the analyst, and you were just going, ahead, you know, I want you to speak your mind. Speak your mind, Gerald. Speak your mind well, on He I mean, Man Revelations.
2: You, I think you might be the foremost authority when it comes to the He Man stuff, you know. So, like no, when you, when you feel so passionate. I, mean,
0: I watched it back in the day, but I was already a teenager by that time. I mean, Rob McCallum, our good friend here at the show, award winning director and guy that's going to be directing the upcoming documentary faking filmation, which touches on a lot of He Man subjects. He's the true expert on it. But it's something that I am familiar with over the course of time. I did watch originally back in the day the horrible Dolph Lundgren live action film, which is now considered a campy classic. There's been several attempts to try and get He-Man back to life. This, of any, is going to probably be the most high profile because it does have Kevin Smith's name behind it and a lot of big name actors involved with it. Again, for me, I love Mark Hamill, one of the greatest voice actors of all time, possibly the greatest voice actor of all time. And I think if he ever retires Joker, you need to retire Joker. That's how far I I will go on that. And he doesn't play a bad Skeletor, you know, and that's the thing I want to say. But when you have Alan Oppenheimer in there, who is the original voice of Skeletor, and he just did a couple of years ago a rockin geico commercial catch you on the flip side guys <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just that he's the voice and he's in the cast doing another voice which he i think it was a beast man he's doing in this which he did back in the day as well because you know back then if you had a certain person they would do one two three four sometimes several voices on the show
2: you pulled quad duty you know yeah (laughs) absolutely
0: (laughs) so i don't get it i just don't understand i mean did you need to bring in mark camel for this just as a high profile thing but it's just kind of weird to me and i just can't get over it yeah i understand it's a darker It's a much darker version of He-Man. It's not the campy with the ten animations because filmation was so cheap. It only had ten animations of movements for for its (laughs) characters. You know they had, you know, where he stops a place and then he runs to. He's always running at the same angle. And yeah, if you watch it, you can see the same things done over and over and over on each and every episode. And I understand it's not the campy He-Man, and it's a And I guess that's probably why, because this is taking a much darker tone and they're thinking that you need a new Skeletor for it. Although it's just it's hard for me to get over, man. Skeletor, man. Skeletor.
2: Well, all right. So maybe this will help put it in perspective for you. Alan Oppenheimer is 91 years old this year. So it might be a little difficult for him to summon the. uh, But then why
0: have him in the cast at all in the first place?
2: I don't know. Maybe because you just need that nod to his character and maybe he just won't be as big of a deal.
0: And he (laughs) just did the Geico commercial.
2: Yeah, but he did it five years ago at 86, you know. I can understand that jump from 86 to 91, not wanting to do a whole show's worth of, of lead voice acting.
0: I mean I mean for someone who watched the predominant amount of episodes in its original run, it for me, Skeletor is what did it. Skeletor was cool to like, even though you know he always in the end by the end of the episode managed to bungle everything and you know he had the most inept help. Well, I, I'd make another joke on that. But he, let's just say he had really bad help. Okay, let's just say he had really bad help. You can okay. insert your own jokes there as far as how bad the help was on each and every episode that he had. But he always ended up with these great plans that always go awry. And I understand it by the end, before you had the PSA that was coming at the end, make sure you look both ways before you cross the street. Because we yep. do here in Eternia, before you heard that at the end of every episode. I understand it's not going to be that campy. I understand it's going to have a more serious tone. And yes, I understand Alan Oppenheimer is 91, but man, it just hurts.
2: It hurts a little bit. It hurts me. It
0: hurts. But again, maybe this He-Man revelations as what we're seeing with all these reboots in pop culture, it's not meant for me. It's more meant for the younger audiences out there.
2: Yeah. If I had something to say about the Space Jam movie, it's not meant for me.
0: Well, I shared my thoughts on Space Jam, gave it a review. I thought it was eh. I thought the yeah. animation, again, was tr- truly fantastic. And it's the next level of animation in its art form. And Don Cheadle enjoyed every minute that he was there acting in front of green screens. But the movie itself is a 5 out of 10 at best, I think. It's just the acting was, yeah, and, and jokes were falling flat. And the acting was bad outside of Don Cheadle. But we again, that's... And I know it sounds like Marcus had the same type of. Feeling oh
2: yeah. Coming, yep. out, coming About out a three special. out of 10. Yeah. yeah
0: exactly. <laughs> well, is it the tomorrow war? We'll see. We'll see. There's going to be, to me this year, there's going to be a lot of competition for the worst movies of 2021.
2: It's going to be really hard to beat the tomorrow war though, with all there the logical is... plot holes and all the bad acting and all the weird things that happen in that movie. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Ugh. But
0: I'll tell you what, right now, it's just a lot of stinkers going on, but. There's going to be some things going on with Netflix, but yes, He-Man Revelations is coming this weekend to Netflix, starting off with that for season one. So check that out. But the bigger picture with Netflix is that Netflix recently reported, actually a couple of days ago, its earnings and the subscription base and things of that nature and its future for gaming because it recently, as we reported here on the show last week, it hired an EA executive Specifically to branch off into the gaming marketplace, so their results of that conversation and also the presentation that they had for shareholders, they're up as far as I think five million overall worldwide. Yep. Down here in the United States, four hundred fifty thousand, but they now have a worldwide subscription base of about two hundred nine million, give or take. It's still $209 million, which is obviously impressive worldwide as far as subscription base is concerned. And as far as mobile gaming, they're looking to get into some mobile gaming for the future of Netflix. And that will not increase your plans, which I think comes as a sigh of relief to those who don't enjoy mobile gaming. Yeah. So I want to hear your thoughts, at least as of now. At least as of now. But you never know with Netflix. They could always sneak up the price later. But I want to hear your thoughts First off, in regards to the concerns, or should there be any, on some slight declines in subscribership here in in the United States? And then second, do you see a future for gaming with Netflix, especially starting off with mobile gaming? Although they did kind of hint that they would also get into console gaming as well.
2: Two-part question, two-part answer. You know, I, I do think it's a little concerning at times when you see the lack of growth there. Like we saw during pandemic, but I mean, you really got to think about what Netflix and Amazon Prime and all the other people said in their quarterly earnings in their first quarter of 2021 was that they pulled demand forward, and this was a, a phrase I'd never heard before. Pandemic pulled demand forward for their services, you know, and it, it really does it speaks volumes about how trapped all of us were that we just resorted to Netflix, and we saw limitless growth if you were a, a Netflix ex- executive, you kind of sat there and all you could think was, I mean this is great for us, too bad for the world, but hey we'll deal with the, uh, the fallout later, right And unfortunately that fallout is happening right now. I do have to say I think that you know Netflix has a few things stacked against them right now. you know we're we're having this pandemic rebound where people are starting to go out in the world, they're starting to be you know fully vaccinated. Well, I guess I should say starting to go out in the US, they're fully vaccinated. You know, well, and, to
0: a limited extent around the world as well in certain areas. I mean, obviously, there are yeah, a lot I, of places in the world that are, that are currently behind, but there are some I, places which are trying to go ahead and expand. In fact, I believe Great Britain recently tried to open up parts of its country as well.
2: Yeah, it just, I, I feel like it's just, it's super early, but you know, at the same time, you know, the U S does kind of set some trends. So I think a lot of what you're seeing here are just people enjoying the outdoors right now in the summertime and, and really getting out and, and mingling as much as they can. So yeah, I'd be a little bit concerned if I was Netflix, but at the same time, keep bringing that same quality of content and you know, those people will be back eventually. Once you've got customers that have had a taste, Eventually, they will be back. You'll lose a small percentage of those people forever that have either taken off or re- refused to join and are part of that slower growth plan here. But you have a winning business model. Just stick to it, stick to your quality content, and you'll be fine.
0: One of the things I do want to ask you again, touching on it, it was the fact that they are now going into the gaming marketplace. I know we touched on it a little bit, but we didn't know to what extent It seems like, first off, they're going to get into mobile gaming, which will not be a separate thing. It'll actually be a part of your plan right now, a part of your subscription. And I have a feeling that that's what they're going to continue going forward as they get into maybe possibly PC or console gaming and become Mm -hmm. a publisher there. They will go ahead and loop that into your subscription as we're seeing what we're doing now with Xbox and Xbox Games Pass and to an extent PlayStation with PlayStation Now but that is going to be a part of your subscription whether you like it or not that your gaming fix will can be also taken care of by Netflix i mean Netflix does have a unlimited credit account i'm not sure bank accounts sorry because they seem to spend as much money as they are earning at times and they Gotta need spend to spend money to make money right yeah <laughs> and, and they need to in order to have the the consistent library and content of new stuff coming in that they have so i want to hear your thoughts on this is this a good move for them? I I know Josh was kind of eh on it. I forget what your thoughts on it were. I'm kind of good on Netflix getting into gaming because, you know what, it all depends on what they're doing. They're not making another console. And that's something I think that was a smart move. Now, whether right. or not they get into like a streaming cloud platform, you know, like p- on people's televisions and they send you a controller or you could buy a controller or whatnot. And that's kind that, of what
2: I thought was going to happen. A, that's
0: a different story. I mean, that's something if, if you can do relatively for them inexpensively because they already have a lot of cloud services that they deal with already because their their existing library. So it's not like a huge step for them. But right now, I think it's smart that they're just dipping their toe into the waters with mobile gaming. Because all it takes is one mobile hit that they can go ahead and have. They're going to use a lot of their IPs that they have involved with Black Mirror, which is part of their IP, I think, with the BBC. And then they have, of course, Stranger Things. They've talked about doing an IP for that, for mobile gaming. But I can see this being something that, if done right, could be done well.
2: You know, it's, it's really going to be interesting to see how they roll this out. I would love to see kind of a Google Stadia kind of situation, potentially, or... I don't know. The idea of, of pairing a game controller with your TV and playing a cloud based game, I think that we're really at the forefront of that push right now. You know, I mean maybe... that's
0: where Xbox wants to go as well.
2: Yeah, they do. And and I think it's entirely possible. It it opens up the marketplace tremendously to potential customers but the problem is nobody's executing very well at it so if if netflix can do it and they can execute well they'll make a killing but the problem is i think you're really going to have to look at somebody like an amazon prime if they're going to be successful somebody that has the backbone and the infrastructure to really well, amazon Prime
0: hasn't yet been successful in gaming the jury's still out they've had two major failures. failures yeah yeah and they're and they're last i don't know say they're the last but they're latest big adventure new world that's coming out this mmorpg is going to be coming out very soon it's already been in test phases and a lot of people had a chance to test it out and play with it already for a few hours but yeah that's coming out in a release form here not in the not too distant future but there's been real no outside true success story of any nature between the big guns google amazon and now netflix
2: If you look at Amazon's infrastructure, they have AWS. If anybody's going to do it and do it well, I think it's going to be Amazon. But uh, I think Netflix is definitely in the running there. They do have all the content servers all over the world. No reason they can't piggyback off of some of that. and get. They just got to
0: start buying some of these studios like Xbox and PlayStation does. That's how you do it. You get the quality teams in there, and that's how you get it done.
2: But it just sucks, man. I mean, I hate when they, they show up and they buy out a studio and you lay off half the workforce and replace them with half of a Microsoft workforce. And I, I don't know. It, it like I, I do enjoy it. We do get well, better they didn't content. do
0: that with Bethesda.
2: They didn't, but I feel like when you start going after some of these smaller mom and pop studios, you end up basically cleaning house and keeping your creative director, and that's probably about it.
0: Mm, I don't know. So some of okay. these ones that, that earn a lot of praise, I think they just get bought out and they retain a lot of the employees. A lot of these individuals are specialized in that industry. So it's not exactly like you can go out, throw an Indeed ad out there and, and get these individuals like overnight. They, no, it takes a I, lot of work that for doing that.
2: Yeah, but I, I just, that's the, the consistent worry I think for all of us is you go in, you clean somebody out, and then you basically take their IP and move forward and do it better than they did. And there's, I, I guess at the end of the day, there's really nothing wrong with that, but it is capitalism at its finest. But yeah, you have d- worries. Yeah, I have worries. I would like to preserve some of the, the creative direction that a company like that is heading. But And I know everybody's got to make a dollar. But, you know, let's not try and upset the status quo too much in, in search of that dollar.
0: Well, the thing is, with Netflix, they are going to try and search for more dollars through mobile gaming for now. And they're also going to go ahead, most likely at some point, extend that into larger AAA gaming. But... I think they're just dipping their toes in the water very smartly in just starting with smaller games and then working their way up. So we'll see what happens as Netflix dips their toes in the water in the gaming world. And as of now, that they're not going to go ahead and increase your fees, your subscription, monthly totals as of now. So we'll see what happens with that. But it is Netflix now 209 million subscribers worldwide and their future in mobile gaming. So we'll see what happens there. But are you hot on Netflix at this point in time with what's coming up in the future for them with He-Man Revelations and their revelations of what their subscriber base is and their future in mobile gaming? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, Marcus and I are going to be covering a lot more, including Comic-Con at Home, plus also is where we're going to talk about the impending football war for our friends out there around the world aka soccer here in america the video game wars will heat up there plus are we getting old with snake eyes we'll talk about that coming up on the back end of the show this is the pcc multiverse
1: get ready for kitty origins evolutions the latest documentary from rob mccallum Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple-pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from robmccallumfilms.com. robmccallumfilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. And we're back with the
0: show. It's the PCC Multiverse. My friend, great to have you back. Mr. Marcus De La Garza, Castle PCC, with a K on the Twitter and Instagram. Wanted to ask you real quick in regards to an impending battle that we're going to be seeing because at the EA showcase this week, one of the things that they did really mention and enforce was the advancements that they're doing and the look and the feel of the new FIFA that's coming out here in the not too distant future. Talked about the play style and the benefits and the features of it. So funny, on the week that they did that, I think a country in Europe announced its authorities had actually shut down a cryptocurrency ring with FIFA in regards to several thousand PlayStation 4s, a crypto mining facility where they were just churning out, churning out, churning out stuff to go ahead and earn cards. And then they would sell out the cards on the black market for the FIFA. What? Yeah. So you want to check that out. That's a very interesting story. I think I posted earlier this week on GameSource on Facebook. So it was very interesting to see that the on the same week that they talked about the future of FIFA, the current reality of FIFA is also out there as well. So very interesting to see and also hearing that PlayStation 4 is still alive and well in cryptocurrency making. But my friend, there's still more to talk about when it concerns that because yes, while we did get a good look at FIFA 22, there was also an announcement by their rival in the video game soccer slash football world, Pro Evolution Soccer, a.k.a. PES. Everybody is expecting, okay, well, there's FIFA 22, PES 22 is not too far behind. But they announced, the makers and publishers of PES announced that they are evolving this Pro Evolution Soccer into eFootball. That's right. It's now going to be known going forward as eFootball. And it's now going to become a free-to-play game, which was the second major revelation in regards to this. So in its battle as a number two, which I will say right now, Marcus, PES has had the slightly better ratings overall as a video game series critically, but has never even come close to matching up numbers-wise with what FIFA does because FIFA, with its name and just the way it's set up and the EA, licensing. Like the EA, yeah, licensing <laughs> and the EA backing. I mean, there's just no way PES could ever match up sales wise with it, even though critically a little bit better game, according to all the Metacritics each year. And I play both and I, I find both to be very entertaining. But I want to hear your thoughts on this. E football is now the, going to be the big competitor against FIFA. What are your thoughts on this? I think it's a very interesting strategy that they went free to play. And this could be a sign that FIFA, you're still going to see the $60, $70 FIFA games coming out every year, but you could see a situation where you see FIFA doing something that's free to play, not just on mobile, but on consoles as well.
2: Yeah, I'd be interested to see if they do just a little bit of a free exhibition kind of style game. And then if you want to play Ultimate Team on FIFA, then yeah, you're going to have to pay the 60 bucks. And Ultimate Team is really where a lot of people spend a lot of their time.
0: As I just told you on the story.
2: Yeah, and I pulled yeah. that up, by the way, 3,800 PS4s in a... Which in country a, was it? I forgot. Ukraine. Ukraine. The
0: Ukraine, yes. Ukrainian yeah. authorities, yeah, they did arrest a few people and, and captured that lab. It was for the ultimate team cards is what they it, were trying to do.
2: It was, yeah, and that's that's wild to me that you've got 3,800 PS4s running, just collecting ultimate team cards and looking for high-value cards slash talent. Gerald, I think this is going to be a hard-fought battle for PES slash But I think
0: it's a very interesting way to go. It's a great move. Yeah, yeah. It,
2: this is like, you're swinging for the fences here. You're looking yeah. for that great equalizer, and I think this free-to-play is going to be, be it. I think you're going to run into some issues. Yes, number one, your graphics upgrade is going to be the biggest puller of new eyes and, and new players. They're jumping up into the Unreal 4 engine. And they had been operating on Konami's Fox engine, which was originally developed for Metal Gear Solid or that Metal Gear franchise. And dude, it's wild that we're just making this leap. And it's unfortunate though, because one of the still frames I'm looking at from the trailer for eFootball has a really, really, really bad, badly designed Neymar and a really badly designed Messi on, (laughs) on the screenshot there. But regardless, I think this is a great move by them feels like what they're doing is just trying to get that footing in there and start chipping away at FIFA. That's been their MO for For years. years Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but like you're, we're, we're really swinging for the fences here with the free to play and it doesn't come without its own flaws, right? They've already announced that it's going to be a limited release in the fall and then they'll start adding features as time goes on. So really looking forward to seeing what eFootball has to offer, but I'm a FIFA man. Uh, you know that's what that's what it is. You know, if well, see, I'm hanging that's out, that's the
0: thing because it's it's like asking. Okay, you've been drinking Coke for a long time now. Now oh, yeah. you're asked to drink RC, and RC may be to those people better tasting and whatnot. But you're asked to now drink this new version of RC that supposedly is going to compete with Coke, and it's just it's so hard to do because the name brands out there, FIFA is the name brand that's out there, and that's what everybody knows. E football yep. now that it's changed its name from PES. Now it's going to be even harder for them initially to get that kind of interest. But the free-to-play paywall, per se, yeah, at least to start off with, it's going to be very interesting to see how much they allow free and how much you need to go ahead and spend money on. At what point do you really need to start spending money in this game? So that's another thing with all these free-to-play games. That's that's how free-to-play games succeed is that it's enjoyable to play as a free-to-play game Yet there's going to be a time where you might need to spend some money as well.
2: Well, and then I just want to point out, eFootball has a really aggressive roadmap for their release of features. They've already confirmed cross-generation play, you know, between the PS5 and the PS4, the Xbox Series X and S to the Xbox One. They're thinking by autumn that they're going to be able to do cross-platform matches, you know, with uh, PS5 or Steam versus Xbox Series S or X. So I think we've got quite the uh, the roadmap here for them. If they can actually get this done, they are the FIFA killer. But I think it's probably a less than one percent shot that they actually get it all done and become. The yeah, FIFA I don't player. think they'll ever,
0: even with the free to play format, succeed past FIFA. I think even with the sixty or seventy dollar U.S. dollar to free to play market, you know, it's that space as far as money you have to spend. I still think people are going to spend more likely the 60 to $70 for FIFA just because the name factor, although this is Polish probably... game the, too. Yeah, with, with Konami though, I think this is probably the best move that they can make. I mean, yeah. I, fe- I felt that they were even with the, the better critical rating overall over the past 10 years, that I think that they were slowly dropping even more behind to what FIFA had offered because they would just literally year after year, FIFA would just come out with such a tremendous marketing campaign each and every time out around the world that it was just so hard for pes to compete and now that they're e on free-to-play i think this is probably their smartest and best maneuver that they can make to try and stay afloat in this battle soccer field in the pitch per se the video game pitch in yeah. this case but what are your thoughts out there on the battle that's going to happen and take place later this year between now, eFootball, formerly PES, that's coming out this autumn. And also, of course, FIFA, which is coming right around the corner as well from EA. Your thoughts on the formerly PES, now eFootball going free to play. Do you think that was a smart move by Konami? And do you think this that's the right way to go? Or are you really set in your ways and you're just going to play FIFA you're going to try now, maybe e football? We want to hear your thoughts on this big, huge battle that's impending for the video game soccer slash football games that are coming up this year. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com.
1: Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis.
0: Well, my friend, before we head on out and we talk about Comic-Con at home, there's a, I don't wanna say it's a major battle, but knowing is half the battle when it comes to Snake Eyes. Ooh, the GI Joe reference there. But (laughs) yes, Snake Eyes is heading to theaters with Henry Golding. And I'm going to say this, we're going to start off with that before we get into M. Night Shyamalan's Old. Both of those movies are going to be battling against Black Widow and, of course, Mr. LeBron James' Space Jam, a new legacy at the box office this weekend. But when it comes to Snake Eyes, Henry Golding, I'm really intrigued by it. They've had a great marketing campaign. The commercials have been all over the place. I know if this movie tanks to the box office, it's not going to be because of a marketing campaign because it's really promoted. Well, yeah, I think this is Henry Golding's statement. I don't know if he was ever offered or asked to go ahead and compete for the role of Shang Chi and the legend of the 10 rings or in the lead role for mortal Kombat. But I think this is his statement that maybe he should have been considered more strongly for either one or both of those roles.
2: Yeah, I was actually really taken aback when I saw this trailer when we went to go see Black Widow, which, by the way, my thoughts, amazing. We didn't get a chance for me to jump on the Sunday show to help give some thoughts there, but... I'm glad I do you want, enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I mean, just outstanding movie. Let's just take a second to talk about Black Widow, you know, just because we're in Let's that Let's just mindset. take a second to talk about Let's Black just take God. a second. But yeah, I just want to say that, you know, uh, David Harbour, great acting. Um, obviously, ScarJo. Oh, you didn't like David Harbour? I, I really enjoyed it. A over the, the top. It was over the top. A little
0: too too much David Harbour in the movie.
2: Okay. Well, I I enjoyed maybe the comedic. Yeah. I don't know. I just enjoyed his comedic, like little interjections at times. Okay. But yeah, I I enjoyed everything that they did with the storyline there. Um, I thought the
0: movie was okay myself. I gave it a seven and a half out of 10.
2: Yeah. And I do want to say just, you know, I think we set it up for the next round of Avengers. But regardless. I'm glad you
0: enjoyed it. It sounded like you really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I did. I did. I really did. And it was just a good time to be back at the theaters. But let's get back to Snake Florence Eyes.
0: Florence Pugh! How did you think she did? I thought she killed it. She was Did you really? Harder.
2: Yeah. Just a little joke she had really brought life to the character and really brought life to the scene. So, uh, yeah. But, I mean, Henry Golding, though, dude. Really setting the stage here for for saying, "Hey, I'm here. You guys forgot about me, but I'm going to make a great movie." Well, like now, I, he say, has, I don't,
0: I don't know the inside if he was offered or asked to compete for those two roles because if I, I don't know, again, uh, doesn't we, matter. We don't know it, that for sure.
2: Yeah, it doesn't matter, it, but it, it definitely feels like he's. This is his statement, and it, it certainly
0: know, seems like it.
2: Yeah, and I mean, just seeing that that trailer during uh, the the Black Widow movie was also amazing little bit confusing at times though because i did not expect to see that trailer shang chi came after that you know i, think I don't it was think that's
0: rap- by accident my friend
2: yeah it, man just the stuff they were doing with the marketing on black widow before it after it i don't know gerald i think that we're in a really good spot for the next round of marvel movies tv shows we've been in a really good spot but regardless i keep walking away from snake eyes i'm looking forward to watching this movie looks like a lot of action and and it looks like One of the big things that Henry was excited for for the fans was to see the action alongside the storyline. But, you know, if you look at what they've done so far, it looks like Old has outspent Snake Eyes on advertisement so far. Looks like Which is
0: surprising uh, because I have seen a lot of both. Both have done a very good job as far as being out there.
2: Well, I think this is going to put it in perspective for you. Eight and a half million dollars was spent on Old. For 267.2 million impressions versus 3.08 million dollars spent on Snake Eyes for 60 million less impressions. Well, as someone who's
0: been following the NBA Finals, I have seen a ton of Snake Eye trailers. So for me, I have not been able to avoid it. And old, I have not been able to avoid for months. You've seen that trailer. Oh, you! This morning, you were six years old. Yes, we know that. We get that. We get. We got the idea that you. You know, once you. Go to that island. You're messed up. Your future is messed up. That's for sure. But finishing off on Snake Eyes, I I really have hope for this. Again, with the G.I. Joe movies that came out in the middle part of the last decade, obviously with The Rock and whatnot, that was kind of a misfire. Very corny. But, I guess
2: but the big name brought the, the viewership, too, though.
0: He wasn't as huge yet. He really started to peak right after that and to what he is today as the preeminent star. And it's unfortunate to hear his comments that he will not be part of Fast 10 and Fast 11 for the Fast and Furious series, which he has said through social media because of that continuing beef he has with Vin Diesel, which is very petty. And I wish for the fans of Fast and Furious that they would set their differences aside. And it's just a shame that they didn't. And he's going to they, they're going to film those. It all
2: feels like a marketing ploy, though, at the same time.
0: Uh, I don't I don't think this is this is something that it's it's I think it's real. I think it's real. I it's, think it's, it's real.
2: Yeah. I think no, it's I...
0: egos colliding. But, you know, be that as it may. With Henry Golding, we keep on drifting away from Snake Eyes, but I am excited for this movie as well. Will this revive the G.I. Joe Hasbro franchise? Not just on the toy shelves, because that's something in and of itself. That's up to the individuals out there with their families with the kids that they want to go ahead and start getting into snake eyes but do you really think this might recharge a gi joe franchise because there were some characters from the gi joe franchise you see in the trailers that are already there which could branch out into something into a larger dare i say it movie franchise a movie universe a gi joe movie universe
2: It definitely has the potential to do that. I think that we kind of are in a wait-and-see moment here. A little bit of a holding pattern, waiting to see what happens at this opening weekend. You know, if if Snake Eyes is well-received, I think, yes, absolutely. There's the potential for the G.I. Joe cinematic universe. If it's not well-received, though, goodbye. See ya. I think this might be the last run we have for another 10 years.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, it looks good to me. The way they cut it, the trailer... The trailer has sold me. I was kind of skeptical the first time I saw it, but then as I see more and as I see more, and Henry Golding to me is is really a good actor. I really am impressed by what he's done over the course of the past three, four years. And I'm looking for him to be a big star going forward, whether or not this movie is a success. But it's still interesting. I would love to get a chance to sit him down and interview and ask, were you asked to rehearse or maybe read some lines or were you in the running for Shang-Chi or were you in the in line for the lead role for Mortal Kombat or did you even want those roles so i think uh, might, I, yeah, yeah. yeah that's those are the questions i would ask him because if not i think this is a statement or if so i think this is a statement that he was trying to make with this movie
2: yeah and you know we didn't spend a ton of time on old here but i do want to go ahead and give the shout out to Gael Garcia Bernal Great lead man, great lead actor, and it's Rufus Sewell in there as well. I think the two of them are going to be some great, great actors for that movie.
0: Before we hit Comic-Con, let's get into Old, which is also yeah. coming to theaters this weekend. It is another M. Night Shyamalan movie, and I, I know it with M. Night Shyamalan, everybody's like hit and miss on them. He's had some really good hits. He's had some really eh, okay movies and some underwhelming ones. He always has a big twist in his movies for the past 20 years. This will be the first time in a long time, in those 20 years, reportedly, that he will not have a twist in old. Maybe they just get old. That's the idea. And that's the horror behind it. But with M. Night Shyamalan, he always tries something creative. He always goes out there as a filmmaker. I wasn't thrilled. The fact that he, with Glass, I was kind of upset because it was setting itself to be this big cataclysmic ending between all three of the individuals involved as far as you know what we saw from from glass and it was supposed to be this epic fight at the end that was going to take place i thought it was going to be in this big building and all that it was going to be this big spectacular thing but then i found out since he funded the film he really wanted to save some costs and he just did it right outside of the asylum that they were all trapped in which kind of was a letdown oh. and instead of a big special effects battle you got what you got So it kind of left me with a bad taste in my mouth, but he's back again. This is to me, a kind of creative outreach for him. Once again, where these families and these individuals, couples, and just this set of individuals that goes out into this hidden beach type deal, which kind of scared me when I was looking up hidden beaches the other day for Hawaii. And I was like, oh, maybe I won't travel there after I watch (laughs) old, but I want to hear your thoughts on old before we head on out.
2: Yeah, like I was just saying, you know, Gael Garcia Bernal, great actor. Same thing with Rufus Sewell. I think this is a really interesting storyline. You know, we've always seen, or maybe we've read things that are more at that accelerated aging. uh, But reportedly there's
0: no twist in this film. Is that a big twist in and of itself?
2: Yeah, uh, I don't know how you explain a beach where you age and there's no twist here. But regardless, this is going to be a fun one to watch. I don't know if I would say that I'm going to run out there right away and go see it at the movie theater. You know, especially when you've got a box office war going between snake eyes and old
0: and black widow and and, space jam, a new legacy
2: and nothing mm, else right now. F
0: nine. I think it's everybody's waiting for that to to hit streaming.
2: Yeah. uh, Yeah. I think at this point everybody is, but it's got its own battles to go through here it's opening weekend at the box office and next weekend. But, you know, I think old has the potential to actually be a good M night Shyamalan movie, despite the fact that there is no twist, you know, well, it doesn't I think,
0: necessarily have to have a twist. I mean, it, I think yeah. just
2: being a thriller uh, yeah. in, in and of itself is the twist, right? Like, yeah. uh, whatever ends up happening, that is the mechanism to make them age that in and of itself is the twist. So, don't need the classic M Night twist on top of that, but maybe we uh, maybe we will be missing it just slightly. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on it, though, Gerald, and really looking forward to hearing Josh's thoughts if he gets a chance to uh, watch that movie.
0: Definitely looking forward to it to see if we get old at the theaters or we roll Snake Eyes at the theaters. I want to hear your thoughts if you're checking out Snake Eyes or Old at the theaters, and your thoughts on the movie itself. Please let us know, Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com well my friend before we head on out one last thing to talk about and i cannot believe we're saving this for last but we have to save this for last because it's not as important this time around and that is comic-con at home taking place this weekend it's not the big hullabaloo that it normally is they're talking about doing something in november in person but that's again with what's going on in the world maybe that remains to be seen but it is comic-con at home there's going to be several panels of interest. No Marvel, no DC, or at least the standard versions that we always appreciate and love whenever yeah. they hit Comic-Con. There will be no panels of that kind, but there are still some panels of interest. I know Star Trek is going to have some panels there. I know also as well, Zack Snyder with Army of Thieves, that's going to uh, probably reach on. And it's I guess it's a prequel. That's going to be directed not by Zack Snyder, but he's going to be there to produce and talk more about it. Mm -hmm. I know the revival of Dexter, the continuation of Lucifer is going to be there for people on Netflix. Dexter has been talked about as far as the revival of that show. That's going to have a panel. The Walking Dead, I mean, for those still interested in that series and how it's evolving, that's going to be a panel there. Maybe they'll drop some bombshells there on the future of The Walking Dead series robert kirkman's gonna have some stuff going on outside of the walking dead you know he's had a hit show on amazon in invincible so maybe he'll have some more stuff with us there i know there's going to be a lot more stuff going on with masters of the universe revelations kevin smith is going to be there talking about that series i know star wars the high republic i know that's going to be a little bit of stuff that's there it's not a true star wars representation the fact that okay we're going to show you a ton of things series movies whatnot. They will probably save that for D23. Yeah. So I want to hear your thoughts. I know that you're not or you can't be as excited for a normal Comic-Con as this was because this would be at the front of our show and we would just be talking nonstop. And It'd I would be, be salivating at Comic-Con. Home. Yeah, exactly. And I would have made sure that my press media access would have been all set up for that. Yep. Keep it, you know. But I want to hear your thoughts on Comic-Con at home. If it's something people still need to check out and watch.
2: Definitely. I do support Comic Con at home. You know, I I don't see why it's not worthwhile to just hop on a panel discussion, watch a video. You don't need to do it in real time. If you want to wait till a week or two weeks out and go back and watch some of these things, I think that there are a lot of people out there that could get a ton out of watching some of these panel discussions. You know, whether that's Robert Kirkman talking Invincible and Walking Dead or just digging into some of the franchises and series that will be there. You know, it is disappointing not to see Marvel, not to see a Disney or DC announcement there. But, you know, I think we need to embrace Comic-Con for what it is right now and just know that the real Comic-Con will be back as soon as we possibly can.
0: I hope so. But I hope there'll be some nice tidbits that'll be thrown our way that we can report on on the Monday show. I would love to go ahead and report on some good things that are told during some of these panels. We look forward to that. So I will be checking out Comic-Con at home this weekend. And I hope you will as well but what are your thoughts out there on comic-con at home are you excited for it still even though the big guns are not going to be there in full force are you still looking forward to it we want to hear your thoughts Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com well my friend it's been a great episode still one last thing i want to talk about for the last couple minutes of our show and that's an announcement that you're going to make on what you're doing in the pcc multiverse
2: yeah, so uh, I've got my own little M. Night Shyamalan twist coming here. Uh, we kind of referenced it at the top of the show. I will be stepping away from my co-hosting duties with the PCC Multiverse, and I'm going to be taking on just a little bit of personal time to go after some of the drone projects that you see behind me and just you know work on myself a little bit. You know, I, I want to make sure that everybody knows uh, everything's good. But, um... No, we
0: had to suit each other, countersuit. Yeah, no. Yes, it's been very yeah. ugly.
2: No, everything's good. You know, I I, I have I'm my own kidding battles.
0: everyone. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't get social yeah, media started.
2: No, I, I do have my own battles with anxiety, so I'm going to be stepping away to kind of focus on myself for a little bit and take care of my own self and and my own mental health. And then, you know, you guys will see me back for, you know, just quick updates whether that's Ted Lasso or NASCAR or what have you. I, I'll be around and I'll be giving some thoughts here and there, so you might see me uh, pop in on the on the Sunday show, you might see me pop in on the Friday show, but whoever is going to be filling my place, I wish them the best. And, you know, I'll be back to talk to whoever it is with you.
0: Absolutely. I'm looking forward to getting someone in the saddle, but I don't know how they're going to fill your shoes because you've done such an amazing job over the past year. I've been stuck with me for a year, man. (laughs) I cannot thank you enough for everything that you've done for pop culture cosmos. It's been amazing. A ride having you here for the past year. I know when Josh really busy with life and he could no longer do a Friday show having you step in like you did was just truly amazing I wish you and your wife all the best and continued success in your careers and what you're doing the red carpet's always there for you my friend as I tell you you know you you, like you said you're welcome to come back anytime talk about Ted Lasso NASCAR or if you want to come back on to do a show you're more than welcome to do that as
2: well you know, my last thing on the way out here is just, I want to say thank you to you personally, Gerald. You've done a lot over the last year, year and a half. And
0: I'm getting misty-eyed, well,
2: man. And I do <laughs> want to say, you know, thank you to the PCC family, you know, that the fans and the other hosts included. None of this would be possible without you guys. So thank you very much.
0: I know Josh also conveyed his sorrow in your leaving. And his words were, Gerald, I should have done that on you first. I don't know what he <laughs> meant by that, but... Um man i'll have to discuss that with him maybe on monday but i will say this though he was very very sad to hear you go as well and he wanted to thank you for everything that you've done as well for pop culture cosmos he wanted me to convey that to you and i cannot tell you enough man it's been great having you aboard and you're always welcome back to go ahead just like you know everything that's going on with the space race you're always ready to go ahead and pop up and just blast off into the pop culture cosmos once again
2: absolutely absolutely
0: Hey, but do you have like a couple billion dollars you can go ahead and before you do it first?
2: We need some safe moon to take off in price and then I might have a couple billion dollars for you. There you go.
0: What would you call it? Would you call yourself like instead of blue origin, like green origin or something like for money, cash dollar?
2: Castle's cosmos.
0: There you go. Castle cosmos indeed, but... If you want to go ahead, please give Castle PCC with a K on Twitter and Instagram a big shout out. Continue to follow what he's doing. You know he's going to be very active on social media going forward. Yep. And he will be back on the show stopping by for his thoughts on Ted Lasso, NASCAR, and anything he wants to drop in pop culture right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Marcus De La Garza... <laughs> This is Cheryl Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.